foundational tools to develop a biblical worldview. Welcome to Mentoring Matters, a listener-supported program of SharonHearts.org. With the world's culture invading the church, it is vital that we establish some deeper roots in biblical truth in order to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a biblical worldview. This is Sharon Hoskins. And this is Janie Ratzloff. As we begin to build a biblical worldview, Janie, one of the main principles that we need to examine is our belief system. That's very astute, Sharon, because what we believe is really revealed by how we live, not by what we know. We can have a lot of head knowledge accumulated, Uh and it still not bring the purpose of why we have it. Intellectualism has almost become a vice rather than a blessing. Right. We need to know why we believe and what we believe. Well... The definition of belief is the thoughts of the mind which actually direct, motivate, and control one's life. And then Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Well, so sharing what we're saying is everybody thinks and everybody has beliefs. And some of those beliefs will build you up and you will grow and flourish. Mm -hmm. Other beliefs will tear you down unto destruction. We have a lot of wrong beliefs right now in society that is not only tearing people apart, it's tearing the nation apart. Well, and I think that as Christians learn how to build a biblical worldview, because honestly, Janie, I don't think that we've realized that we have mixed the cultural worldview, the secular worldview with our biblical worldview, and we've intertwined them in a way that our heart looks like particle board, and it's all pieced together, and it's not solid. Well, that makes me think of Psalms 57, where it says that the heart is steadfast, and another word for steadfast is fixed. Uh-huh. If the heart is really fixed, it's going to have some solidity to it. And a fixed heart is not going to be a mixed heart. We're not going to have solid woods with pressed woods. Oh, okay. Okay. We're going to have some strength in the structure. Well, and we're that makes me think of a a table that has a veneer top that has particle board underneath. And I think a lot of times we as Christians put a veneer of Christian belief over our secular worldview. Give me an example of that, Sharon. Oh, well, you know, we've got to go to church and we've got to do this and we got to do that. And, and it never gets from our head and our performance to the heart and core of who we are. And it's the core where we are going to have our strength. Mm-hmm. We can't have it in our thinking when we allow our emotions to be the final authority. Oh, yeah. Or we cannot let circumstances control us. Uh, If we have a fixed heart, which is also a steadfast heart, and the Lord gives us a command that we are to be steadfast. So, you know, that's really good. I like that. I like that fixed because that's kind of like fastened. Yes. Bonded. Bonded. That's a good one. Bonded. 
So we could say, if my heart is fixed on the glory of God, my heart will not be mixed with the trauma of what the world is trying to dish out to us. We will have one focused. So let's just talk a little bit about why we believe and what we choose to believe that will benefit us in life and not wind up being a destructive tool. You know, a belief system just doesn't pop up like a jack-in-the-box. Uh-huh. Uh, it's developed over time. And then we are controlled by what we believe. It makes us have our choices of whether we want to submit or rebel or be independent or be dependent. It right. affects us. And then we need to recognize that sin has corrupted our beliefs. Well, then if we recognize that, then how do we get our belief system arrighted? Well, let's just hit some high points. Okay. Number one, they start to develop at a very early age by the influence that your parents have upon you, your siblings, teachers, media, and you start to believe certain things about the influence. Then, Sharon, there's the more subtle nonverbal messages such as a body language, facial expressions, voice tones, observations, and deduction of experiences. That's how our belief system starts to get started at a very early age. So it's built block by block. Yes, yes. And then we really can go on and look at control. And when information is communicated as truth from a significant person, a source or a message over and over, that really gets stored back into our brain. Okay, so then when we hear it over and over and over, then our brain, working with our conscience, starts to build that belief system. Yes, but we can never, never forget that sin has corrupted this belief system. And so we have to have an understanding of God and biblical truth as defined by God's Word. And I love... Proverbs fourteen twelve, which says, There is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. Mm-hmm. So our belief system can be corrupted by lies, world influence, flesh, and even Satan that keeps us in bondage and death and misbelief in our belief. So our belief system conditions our entire interpretation of what is going on around us. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And you can put two exclamation marks behind that. So, and this is why it's so important that we build a biblical worldview. And we have to understand what we need to retain. Because Sharon, stop and think. Everything that comes into our brain, our mind, has to go through a filter. Okay. And if we have mixture, we have a dirty filter because we still have some old beliefs that we're still believing. And now we're trying to bring new beliefs in on top of that. You see, so we have to really know what we can keep in our belief system and what we're going to have to remove because sin has marred and corrupted. Okay, so there is a way to correct this. Absolutely. So how how do we overcome those sorts of mixed truths. I'm so glad you asked, Sharon. (laughs) I'm so glad I asked the right question. (laughs) We need to recognize that our belief system has a thought process that will produce an emotion from whatever thoughts that we have. 
Okay. Sometimes those are emotions that would be grief, anger, discouragement, elation, happiness, joy. But with those emotions come certain feelings. Oh, okay. And once we have feelings, they will be manifested or made known by different moods. Have you ever thought of, well, that's just, you're just grumpy today. You're in a bad mood. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or why are you so irritated? Mm-hmm. Okay. Our moods are not according to Scripture, but they are according to our feelings. Back it back up to our emotions. Back it back up to our initial belief. And our thoughts. Yes, our thoughts. Okay. Now, do you know that we are never supposed to pray about our nasty moods? No. No, we I didn't pray. know that. Well, I love what Oswald Chambers says in one of his devotionals, and he says, don't ever pray about a bad mood. Bad moods go by kicking, not by praying. Oh. So we have to acknowledge the bad mood. We have to repent of the bad mood. And then kick the bad mood out. And kick the bad mood out. And that allows our feelings to start to change. It allows us to be able to think clearer from our emotions. But we don't ever want our emotions to be the final authority. But if our beliefs are right, our emotions will be right. Okay. And Dr. Paul Brownbeck suggests that we have two minds, the mind of the flesh and the mind of the spirit. And I think that is called warfare Okay. because the battlefield is in the mind. Mm-hmm. And if you have one and another one, the spirit and the flesh are not going to agree on anything except that they don't agree on anything. Mm-hmm. So that's where the war comes. And so now we have to choose what's going to be the final authority and what we hear and experience in our circumstances to establish our beliefs. And you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So knowing that that warfare goes on inside of us, and it's not necessarily outside ourselves. I mean, it is there too, but the battle in our mind, the, the spiritual warfare that we face. And then we have also shared another verse today, and that's 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. And it just basically says, For the God of this world, the God of this world, has blinded the unbeliever's mind so that they should not know the truth, preventing them from seeing the light of the gospel. So if we take our belief system and allow an unbeliever to influence our Mm. belief system, whether it's media, whether it's workplace, Mm -hmm. whether it's friendship associations, then we're going to have that double mind that's going to be in constant conflict. And once again, I'm repeating, that's going to mess up our emotions. That's going to influence negative feelings, and that's going to give you a nasty mood. Well, and it's going to come to the core of our belief system. And so when we take those thoughts captive and filter those things through the scriptures, our thoughts to the obedience of Christ, then we can start to build a biblical worldview. And that's why mentoring matters. 
Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hearts Ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHearts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N Hearts.org.